Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, it's Good Friday. Pray with me. Pray with me. Eric, we did it. 200 reviews. And this, this is, is This it. is number 200. Is, we, we definitely planned it. We thought, you know what, let's do a special one for number 200 just like we did for 150 and 100 what was 150 uh, we, again the old guard yeah i think old guard or was old guard 100 and then there was a different netflix movie this is not a netflix film uh as, no, as we were gonna learn. continue the kind of gag of doing a netflix film every you know milestone i guess right now is like do you do 50 i guess 250 is a pretty big milestone but 200 reviews is pretty impressive in like what the three years two years that we've been yeah we started uh, with the best with bohemian rhapsody (laughs) and now at 200 we're with the unholy yeah so yes uh, and doing it on the most sacrilegious of days recording this on uh good friday i mean talking about a movie like this on good friday but uh happy easter to those who um celebrate i know none of us can really um it's weird even if you're not religious i feel like easter weekend is just still a holiday weekend for most people um and uh it's unfortunate we're all still in this kind of shit situation but um i hope everyone has a good long weekend but yes today we are reviewing Evan Spilotopoulos's The Unholy, uh, starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, Katie Asselton, William Sadler, Carrie Elways, uh, Diego uh, Morgado, and, uh, and Cricket more. Brown. How uh, dare uh, you? Cricket, Cricket Brown um, and more. Good, good name, Cricket Brown. Yes, like, who plays Alice in the film. Um, and uh yeah that's all i got to say about the movie uh i will give it one <laughs> uh what did you think of the unholy or let people know what the yeah hell is so it? the unholy I, i'm gonna preface this i did this in my rogers review as well uh this is based on james herbert's 1983 horror novel called shrine not to be confused, it's not a remake of the 1988 horror movie The Unholy, uh, released through Vestron Video, which had Ben Cross in the lead. And if um, you know you're a Star Trek fan, you'll know that uh, Ben Cross played Spock's father and was also in uh, Chariots of Fire. Um, okay, but that's just a fun little side. So it's not a remake of the 1988 film, also called The Unholy. It's based on shrine it just has a generic title anyways jeffrey dean morgan plays a washed up uh journalist who has fallen from grace and he literally um sees an opportunity to turn um a potential story into something even bigger to get him back in the spotlight and that is this small kind of sleepy new england town called banfield uh where nothing ever happens it's a cattle kind of farm community um a young hearing impaired woman named alice played by cricket brown miraculously is able to speak again and not only is she able to speak but she's able to heal those who believe in her and she believes that the virgin mary is talking through her and healing people 
but there's something insidious going on. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character, Jerry Fenn, is the only one who can really solve the situation. And then also on top of that, Alice is the niece of the local priest who's played by William Sadler, who you've seen in tons of movies. He played Death in the Bill and Ted movies. Um, President Ellis in the MCU. <laughs> in the MCU and Iron Man 3. Uh, he was the main villain in Die Hard 2. So he was also in the Grudge remake, which is also a ghost house uh, production. This is produced by Sam uh, Raimi's uh, production company. So if you've seen The Grudge or uh, Boogeyman or another film that is actually very similar to this and also has Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it, but instead of Catholicism, it tackles Judaism and it's about a Dybbuk who haunts Jeffrey Dean Morgan and his family called The Possession. Uh, it's very similar, but also extremely forgettable. And that is the unholy. Yeah, I think you put it perfectly with um, extremely forgettable and um, and just completely void of any scares or anything tense or anything of interest at all. Because <laughs> I feel like I was just mostly really, really bored watching this, and um, I feel like there's no atmosphere. There's it, it's uh, the special effects are goofy at times um and ridiculous at others um i just i have nothing really to say about this i just watched it with basically no emotion at all to it and i was like all right at least it was only 99 minutes yeah and i didn't even hate i didn't even hate it like it wasn't like ugh, this is terrible it was just like this is just really really boring and kind of you were apathetic towards the whole thing where like it just kind of it played you watched it it never engaged you it never frightened you it 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 kind of plays with the kind of movie you've seen a hundred times yeah and i think this movie would have benefited if it was a friday night fright flick you know meaning that teenagers go to the multiplex on a friday night and they watch it because for the cheap jump scares and the quote unquote creepy atmosphere and some of the kind of classic PG 13 tricks that, you know, these movies play with the score ying, every time. Yeah. 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 Like the way you, that yeah. the kind of the creature kind of moves is very much like Samara from the ring yeah, uh, yeah. remake with that like, Gore Pavinsky directed, but not as interesting. And like, and the CG's awful. Yeah. And it's just like, and they reveal the quote unquote monster way too early, which is one of my biggest pet peeves in a lot of horror movies where if you kind of keep them, you know, behind the curtain and, and keep it more based on mystery, then I feel like you're like, what is this thing? It's creepy, but let's not reveal exactly what it is. And I feel like this movie right away kind of shows you and it just has shoddy CG. And I, I'm some of it is obviously intentional with what the Virgin Mary looks like, even though that looks corny and stupid. And but I like, would say that that Virgin um, Mary, like the way that they present the Virgin Mary is yeah. actually very similar to some imagery that we saw in St. Maud. But I think St. Sure. Maud is more atmospheric and gets under your yes, skin. It was- it's a better movie. If, and that's what I mean. Like, I guess that's, you know, if if the movie's good, it, the movie's good. So it can kind of get away with those things. But when a movie's void of any, you know, anything, then you're just kind of like, this looks kind of bad. But if it's in a movie that kind of, yeah, I get what you're saying. But um, I, I, that imagery is pretty classic of the, uh, of the Virgin Mary. But like, I just feel like here from the minute that popped up and then the minute you see this really you know, bad CG monster. I'm like, I, uh, I just, I, I'm not scared at all. And I just, 
and Carrie Elway's doing a Boston accent. Oh no yeah, as the uh, as the Boston, uh, uh, Boston bishop, bishop. Uh, of the archdiocese. Yeah, I, I don't even think that accent is 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 Boston based. It's just uh, from another world entirely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and then I mean, I want to go back to what you were saying, where you know it's it's not scary, and the movie reveals its cards too early. The film wants you to kind of question or have doubts as the movie talks about doubts of whether or not this is something sinister or something, you know, of, you know, a hoax or something created, but it reveals its hand at the very beginning of the movie with a prologue that is basically setting up a kind of Salem witch trial POV sequence that takes place in 1845. And so when it does that, it basically is telling you what is going to happen. And the script and the filmmaking doesn't have enough faith in the audience to buy into any ambiguity. It, it just wants to kind of tell you everything that's going on and, and basically kind of do a paint by numbers horror movie that is conventional and, you know, easy for people to understand and just kind of like digest. And having also recently rewatched Billy Wilder's ACE in the hole, um, that movie does a lot of the same things without the supernatural element. So you have, you know, this uh, disgruntled, disgraced reporter played by uh, Kirk Douglas, who plays a character named Chuck Tatum, uh, who works for a New Mexico uh, rag. And he used to be a great reporter and kind of got sucked into the fame and sees an opportunity to kind of thrust himself back into the spotlight by sort of becoming the spokesperson slash sort of main reporter on this uh, guy who falls into kind of a hole and is caved in and kind of makes it into a bigger deal than what it is. And the Simpsons actually even kind of parried it with the one episode where Bart kind of makes the, 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 the false sort of a hoax of a kid being stuck in the well and then he falls in the well. Um, And that's kind of what, and and I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I actually think he's the poor man's Robert Downey Jr. In a lot of ways. And there is something about him where like, there's a smarmy charm to him where he's very laid back, but at the same time, I don't care enough about his character to find a redemptive arc or storyline. And like, it's playing on the idea of like, okay, journalists who fabricate the truth shouldn't have a second chance in the way that like, you know, shattered glasses or something like that. This doesn't really kind of earn any kind of moment of, of, of complexity to the character. It's just very right. one dimensional. And I mean, to be honest, he's the one that kind of starts all of this. He's well, the that's one. That's what I mean. Is like that's what the movie's trying to say is like he can't you know he's disgraced because he forged a story and he was caught like he made up and that's like the worst penalty crime you can do as a journalist is you know fake hashtag fake news and like um it starts with him essentially trying to create a phony story right and then he creates something real out of it which is just inherently silly and like again you can i i i totally agree with you i i kicked off that conversation of just like it plays its cards right away and it never like it's just like okay so this is what this movie is and then it kind of plays out exactly how you'd expect it and how you've seen this in you know a hundred other possession movies or you know any religious horror movies demonic intervention yeah and you said it kind of plays as a fairy tale which can kind of which um i kind of see where you're coming from there but i would take something like a cure for wellness 
over this any day of the week, oh, which 100%. I think is taking that horror fairy tale kind of thing and and doing it in an interesting and and uh, new way that really still feels kind of authentic to that fairy tale vibe which is i feel like when you can get away with revealing your cards too early is because you're like no this is a fairy tale we're gonna let you know exactly what this is and there'll be creepy elements to it but that it's not all about that it's just we're fine with telling you what the monster is or what this thing is early because there's going to be more to it than that um but in this there isn't anything more to it it's just okay this is what this thing is it kind of reveals later what it actually is, but it kind of, like you said, tells you right away what it is, but to the characters, it reveals it later. So then that's weird to the audience. Cause at that point you were like, yeah, we knew this, you know, 70 minutes ago. Like it's not that interesting to f- now see that the characters finally realize that. Um, so I don't know. It just, it, again, I, I go back to, it's just so void of anything. Like I get, I get, I watched it at 10 AM on a Thursday, not maybe, ideal you know viewing time for a you know a horror movie but even if this was three in the morning and it was i still have a a, you know i dark i make my room completely dark so it's not like i'm watching it with the sun beaming in and that made it less scary it's just it's not scary it's just very predictable and and what it what it sort of is fashioning and 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 you could say okay well because it's pg-13 it has certain limitations so you're not going to see a lot of blood but you will get a lot of cgi fire you will get a lot of that and you also get a lot of blurred cinematography um, but there's another thing I quickly wanted to mention um, in comparison to this and also Godzilla versus Kong. You're getting a lot of characters that are kind of being introduced as, you know, hearing impaired characters now. And that's great to integrate, you know, to have a, a lead character who has who is hearing impaired, not the actor, but the character. But the problem with that is in both the cases of Godzilla versus Kong and in this, it's used as almost like a, a, an excuse to have sort of a gimmick, you know, to to flip the script on the character. Oh, the character is miraculously healed and now can speak. And it's something against Cricket Brown, who I think is okay in the movie. I don't think she's necessarily bad. It's kind of a, a very similar performance-wise to someone like, say, Jennifer Carpenter in um, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which, again, is another kind of one of those exorcism movies from 2005 with Tom Wilkinson that's kind of been completely forgotten about but was a, I think it was a Screen Gems movie um, so like you kind of feel like okay I, I appreciate the inclusion of bringing those characters in but then you see like and, and again like it's not doing the same thing as Sound of Metal but you look at how Sound of Metal handles something of like that and gets you immersed in the character's point of view this doesn't do that and it just kind of feels well, lame. Yeah. There's something that Yes, I agree. There's a difference, I think, for a movie to be about disability or using a disability as, like you said, kind of the gimmick of it. And I kind of got mad at Run earlier this year for similar things of like, I, I think we, we talked about this. Representation is great. Getting actors, um, you know, uh, in these roles and, and actually casting people who are, you know, deaf or, or, you know, in a wheelchair or something like that, I think is super, super important. But when you only put them in roles that are specifically about, you know, 
and I think there's a the huge difference than something like in Sound of Metal and something like in this or in Run, where you're or kind Godzilla of using versus it, Kong is or Godzilla right. versus Kong, yeah, where you're kind of using it as a gimmick, or it's and that's what it's about rather than being about it, if that makes sense. My inf- or I a try plot to make device, it yes, exactly. And I think that's when I kind of go like, Ugh, I, I get it. It's a double edged sword of like, it's great to be seeing more of this in film but it's also like ah you had to kind of go that route with it and i think that's where this yeah this movie um and it's the same thing with the religious the religious iconography too like a lot of this stuff would be considered like oh it's so blasphemous to see bleeding eyes on the on a statue of the virgin mary but it's almost like it's so typical it's almost like you have a bingo card sheet okay this is where i'm going to get this kind of shot or this is you know this moment is going to happen where the creature jumps out i think there are a couple moments that they could have really worked with in an interesting way i actually liked one moment where you hear the character talk to another and i think that in a better movie that would have been more creepy because usually when you have a ghost or an apparition in a film they don't usually communicate verbally with you know a, a pastor or, or you yeah. know the prey um in, in this case and and i think that uh that could have been something a little bit fascinating to really explore and again the stuff with the salem witch trial like it's 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 adding a historical reference to a certain degree even though it plays fast and loose with it but it's also trying to say like okay you know the church is is trying to hide these certain things because of its you know its history towards that and even that's not explored in a really interesting manner and it just all kind of falls flat and you never really are interested in anything that's going on and you've seen it a hundred times before and like there are videos online that are like youtube jump scares that are better than this and like again like just like the the creature effects are just kind of mundane and it's just not interesting if you're gonna do that and you don't have the budget for like good cg like then you need to come up with like a cool you have sam raimi as a producer like you could have come up with like a cool practical effect or or something and i know they try to do that a little bit with the creature design later in the film but like for the most part it is a fully cg like you said grudge or the ring kind of uh, creature and the way it um, moves specifically yeah um, but yes and then i i just feel like but then it looks so janky because the movie doesn't have a high a huge budget obviously that i'm like you could have done something you got to get more creative with your scares or your creature design then and you need to maybe use practical effects or, or less is more right like or make less it is more ambiguous yeah. and make it more of a psychological thing like yeah. i mean i know we make fun of the a24 like the elevated horror like the horror movies that yeah. aren't horror movies. it's all about atmosphere and and less about jump scare but i feel like there can be a good that. middle ground and we mentioned yeah. saint maude which is the film that i think if you're going to watch something as quote unquote blasphemous for the then long watch weekend maude, watch yeah. that movie which has a great performance which actually is doing something a little bit different even though it's playing in a milieu you've seen a million times and i love sam raimi don't get me wrong but every time i see a ghost house production and i see his name as executive producer or producer it's not the same as him being the director you know he's he's those movies, whether it be the, I mean, starting off with the Grudge remake with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar or, you know, like 
boogeyman the most recent grudge remake. remake yeah 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 the the grudge 2.0 the remake of the remake, remake yeah but i mean that's also takes place within the universe right oh it does yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah, sorry yeah so, so it's like, technically it's a, a legacy sequel. it's a legacy legacy sequel, sequel. Uh, i like don't breathe enough don't but, yeah but um, don't breathe is almost like that one weird anomaly where it's like okay sam raimi you know got fede alvarez to direct the remake of evil dead and you know that's that it's fine. Even the remake of Evil Dead is fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's a yeah, very yeah. different but movie. But Don't Breathe is like kind of like the one film in that in 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 the Ghost House production sort of label where it's kind of like the anomaly. But again, it's that's not really directed good. by him. Yeah, because and Drag it's Me to Hell, which is a great PG necessarily. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it has horror elements, yeah, but, but yes, it's not a it's ghost a more of a or supernatural. It's more a, a thriller. Yeah. Where, where Drag Me to Hell is a great example of how to do a PG thirteen you know, horror movie. Yeah. I feel like but that is again, genuinely scary. He's directing that though. So you're yeah. going to get Sam. Ra- and that was at a time when Sam Raimi had just finished all the Spider-Man movies. He was kind of looking to do, wanted to get back something in small horror, and yeah. to unleash his kind of, you know, dark comedic side as much as his horror side. And like, that's also another thing that could have been added to this. You could have had more of a kind of a cynical comedic edge with Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character and kind of played that up a little bit, but it's just so it flatlines. This movie is just a completely uninterested and uninteresting um, sort of look at, you know, Catholicism in, in the modern day and age. And it's interesting as well because it is kind of updated from the British story, which was of its time. I mean, uh, James Herbert was, has been considered like the Stephen King of England. Um, but even like the title, like, I don't know why they just didn't call it shrine. Like, I mean, the unholy just will get some people confused. It's like, Oh, is that that film from 1988 that, you know, everybody hated or the unholy just kind of sounds like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I don't know why change it, but, uh, who knows? But, um, yeah, pretty uneventful. I'm I'm gonna give it a 1.5 because it's not it's it's fairly competent. There's nothing like holy shit, this is fucking terrible. But it's I just would so, almost prefer something that was terrible yeah. because it would be more memorable. Yes, exactly. So 1.5 for me. I'll also okay. give it a 1.5 and an impossible date. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you like this, we have lots of other reviews uh, over on Untitled Movie Reviews, um, this channel that you're listening to right now. So please go check those out. Uh, what do we got reviews for, Eric? Bad Trip, Invincible, Episodes 1 through 3, Mighty and the Ducks. Winter Soldier, Mighty Ducks. I feel like we did another movie recently, but I can't remember what we've even watched oh godzilla vs kong there's the big one yeah that's what we've been talking out. about yeah yeah so go check out that as well um the untitled movie podcast our flagship show uh apologies for the delay i had some family stuff but we're gonna get that next draft out uh soon for you guys which will have south by southwest impressions as well as uh you know the suicide squad trailer uh black widow going to disney plus things like that so um stay tuned for that in the next couple days um and untitled movie conversations um still some great interviews up there we're hoping to get that back up and running soon so please go subscribe drop a review on that trilogy of podcasts if you would be so kind follow us on all those social medias at untitled underscore cast and as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash scene and on the social medias at EM6211. And until next time. Hail Satan.
Damn. <laughs> Happy Easter, everyone. <laughs>